0: Welcome to Ag Credit It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Hey, this is Matt. You know, we're going to do part two of our mental health uh, awareness. There's just so much good information. We couldn't fit it all into our first podcast. So we're back here with Sarah and Nathan going over just more personal experiences and different resources that's out there for people. Oh, it's just a topic I think that we could, you know, just – I really think that it's these personal stories and examples. I think that's really can resonate with people that, you know – People have went through this, you know. You're you're not alone out on an island. Other other people, you know. There's there's a little bit of a commonality out there, you know. And
1: I mean, we all have our own personal stories, even I'm sure. So like, I mean, I could think of a couple for myself. And
2: it's like last Sunday we weren't we weren't uh, in the field last Sunday. We took the day off, and I spent pretty much the afternoon laying in bed and. You know, I just needed that self care. I needed that down day to be able to recharge my battery. And, you know, of course, the wife's running around, oh, it's Thanksgiving this week. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to clean the house. And it's like, I'm done for the week. I have to recharge my batteries or I I can't handle it. And, you know, and I think I posted something later that night about self care. And the next morning she got up and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, didn't realize or never dawned on me what you were doing. And it's like, you know, I said, we're at the end of harvest. And this has been one hell of a harvest, you know, coming up. I've had all kinds of help, help issues, you know, trying to get labor. And, you know, we should have been done a week and a half ago. And I'm still trying to get things finished up because I can't get you guys to show up to work. And, you know, so I needed that self-care day.
1: Well, sometimes it's not even as easy to talk to your spouse, even yeah,
2: about I mean, that sort that's of stuff. What I have me and her have a very open, open relationship, and you know, but there are still things where I would rather talk to you know i've got I've got a really good friend. We me and him talk almost daily, and we share back and forth, you know, what's going on, and and he is my outlet more so than my wife, you know, because my wife. You know, she she works on the farm. She helps me on the farm when I need help. But she—that's not her full time job. She has a nine to five job in town, and you know she doesn't. Yeah, and there's
3: sports and (laughs) yeah.
2: And I, you know, and I feel bad because maybe I'm not always there for her. But she she also has outlets too that she goes to, and you know, it's it's healthy to have those outlets. You know, just we don't think we. Just have to open up to our spouse, but we also need to be open and honest with our spouses when things are to the point where. where I have certain can friends I call,
1: and I'm like, I swear every time we talk, it's <laughs> a, it's a tears. Like, what the heck is the problem? You know, and it's, but that's good. But it's, sometimes it it's good. it is
3: that you know. Sometimes it's okay. Maybe I just need to say someone's listening to me and. I think as I've went through and I've I've done the different trainings and learned it's, it's taking care of you is important. And we don't do that enough, you know, whether it's eating something that's good or whether it's, you know, resting and and recharging a little bit because we have just went 24 hours or 36 hours. And all of a sudden, you know, I've got to make sure, you know, my, grain dryer isn't, you know, shutting off or, you know, <laughs> your back filling or, you know, the legs not full and all of a sudden, you know, it's a bigger mess because I was so tired that I, you know, I dozed off for five minutes. And I think we we get to that point in some of the operations that we're at. And those are the stresses that you don't see. I say it's it's kind of like a, a poorly stacked hay wagon. And, you know, that poorly stacked, it comes down, and, and I use that analogy a lot, but I think that's one of the things, like you can only pile so many things up and then all of a sudden it comes crashing down. And then that's when you get, you know, even into worse trouble where it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to reach out and say, Hey, maybe
1: I need to, you know, sleep for five hours. Well, there's a lot of things in ag that we don't control. There's, I mean, if we could all control Mother Nature, (laughs) we wouldn't be sitting here right now (laughs) doing this. I
0: I kind of look at it, too. I I look at, uh, you know, I have uh, three kids and my oldest my daughter, she's seven. And, you know, for one, looking at kids, I look at my seven-year-old and thinking where I was at that age, kids are so more into everything in advance than when I was that age. You know, uh I'm a part-time farmer. I work full-time and I farm all night. And after about a month of it, my 7-year-old just came up. Um she said, "Dad, you never talk to me anymore. I don't see you." You know, and that I I sat back and thought, you know, I need to be available for her just as much as I do myself too because maybe I'm that outlet for her. I mean, she's 7, but you know, she she wants that, that she don't get to, she doesn't get to talk to her dad. And she I I think that's a ha-ha big
1: moment of who really needs you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: When
2: there's, we put so much stress on our st- ourselves to get things done in a timely fa- fashion. And, you know, I've really, you know, as my kids continue to get older and they get more involved in things, and I have made myself, forced myself to shut that tractor off, you know, in planning season or whatever. If they've got ball games, you know, I may not be there as much as I want. You know, I'd love to have the time to coach and I, you know, The current state of our farming operation, I don't have, I can't, well, I can. I can't make myself yet commit the time during the spring and the the summer, you know, in those busy times to coach. But I will turn the tractor off. When their ball game starts, I will run to the ballpark. I will sit there for an hour, hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes, whatever, and go back to the tractor. I, you're going to be
1: that dad that pulls up I, in the tractor. I, well,
2: <laughs>
3: well, it's, it's, it's okay to be there up, in the dirty barn. But that's barn okay.
2: clothes,
1: and You know
3: what? You're there. And, and I think yep. that's important to talk through and saying, hey, it's okay. You know, you're there and you're present. But mm-hmm. that also gives you a chance to reflect and recharge a little bit too and say, Hey, I got to see something. It, it gets some of
2: those good endorphins going. And I remember, you know, there was two, two springs ago, just everything was piling up and we were behind and things were breaking. And, and it, I just finally had gotten to a point where I'd had enough. And, you know, I called the wife up and I said, I need, I need a break. I said, you know, I said, let's go to Cincinnati, let's go to Reds game. You know, let's get away from the farm and, and give me the afternoon to, to be with my family, to be with my kids, you know, have some fun with them, recharge my batteries and that way tomorrow when I come back, I mean, my problems aren't gonna leave, they're still gonna be there, but I will have fresh eyes to look at those problems and find solutions and be able to work through it where I'm not, not ready to pull my hair out
1: giving yourself that moment there's and I I just pulled up this thing and I know it's it's for something in regards to alcoholism and stuff like that and they I guess they say these at the the meetings but God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference it's making those two lists what you can change what you can't change and identifying it and running with it
3: and I think, you know, I do a simple activity when I teach this sometimes and I say, just take out a, a plate, paper plate, and I want you to write down all the things that are really stressing, that you're stressing about. Every single thing you can think of. And and there's a difference that male versus female things. Now, I want you to just cross off the things that you can't control. When it's the weather stressing you out and, and just realize that even just that realization takes – that weight off of you a little bit that says, okay, I'm not going to keep worrying about that because I can't control it. And, it, and yes, I might think about it, but okay, we give that to the good Lord to let him take care of that. And, and I think those are things that sometimes are super hard for you to do, but it's just stepping back, whether it's, you know, going to the ballpark or, or going somewhere. And I think that you know, those are things that we don't do. And, and I think COVID made it even harder sometimes, you know, oh, yeah. not that, you know, like you didn't have that outlet of going to church or seeing people. The few times you do get off the farm, everyone was home and and you didn't have a chance to get away. And and you don't take those walks around the farm like to truly exercise or just walk and enjoy you or I'm going to, you know, get this animal or these parts or this, you know, just different things.
0: I think it's it's even, you know, we look at even something as simple as, you know, instead of just having a sandwich tossed in the seat of your truck and you grab and go, stop for 25 minutes, you know, s- sit down, eat something real quick, have the kids there. I think it kind of just uh, helps you reflect a little bit on, this is why I'm I'm doing this. This is why I'm putting in the hours and the stress. It's, you know, for my family. And it kind of helps you resonate a little bit. Just... Yes. You know, it hits that just that little, little, little setback button.
1: Well, it's funny how you brought up earlier the, the story of, what kind of help am I to my daughter, kind of thing, and the story you just had about showing up at the ballpark or whatever. I mean, I can think about of a time. I remember being on Junior Fair Board, chairman of the beef department, and my dad before fair was like, "Hey, I'm going to have to go to work for the first few days. I won't be there for steerway." And then all I could think of is oh, Lord, please tell me he's going to be there because, you know, I've got a younger brother who likes to pump his chest, and him walking the steers to the scale would just freak me out. So, like, it's just like dad was that, quote, unquote, security blanket for that. And I can remember our junior fair board advisor was like, Brenna, I'll be there, and we called him Daddy Dean because he was like, the additional dad to everybody. He's like, I'll be there. It'll be okay. We'll get the steers weighed, blah, blah, blah. And we had like six or seven steers that needed to get weighed. and You know, we were all in sports too. Halters didn't usually go on till August 1st <laughs> and we had three weeks to get them broke, you know? I'm like, these days they're broke as soon as they come out of the womb, I swear. But I can remember standing there at the computer doing the weigh-in where calves are coming in, all this thing. And Dean taps me on my shoulder, and he's like, hey, look back. And I look back, and my dad is leaning on the post there at the barn. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Like, because he showed up, and he wasn't going to say anything to me. He was just going to be in the background and it's whatever. It, but it was a like
0: relief right there, that security
1: blanket yeah. for that child. I made mean, there's a lot at stake when thinking about mental health and keeping yourself in check for not only yourself, but all the other people that rely on you. You have three kids. I know you have three kids. You got two kids, so, I mean... All these other people need you, you know.
2: And that's as a good friend of mine, Adrian De Sutter. She's, she's over in uh, Illinois, but she's a big mental health advocate too, and, and got to be a real good friends with her. But you know she, she uses analogies that you know we're, we as farmers should consider ourselves as assets to the farm. You know, what do we do with our assets? You know, what are our assets? You know, our tractors, our equipment, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we go, I we change it. the wall. If, if, something, if something needs, you know, major is, is not working right, you know, we call up the local dealership. Hey, I need this thing in, you know, I need something under the hood fixed. And, and, uh, and just a great analogy that we need to, need to remember that, you know, without our farms, without us, there is no farm. I, Everybody's
0: balance sheets just went <laughs> through the roof. Right, you know, I don't know put myself as an asset <laughs> here. <Yeah. laughs> hey, you
3: know, but, uh, but you know what? There's so many things that if you weren't there, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. And so taking care of you and keeping you at that top notch is is so important. And I think sitting back and, and looking at those things, I, I always use that analogy when I'm teaching about, you know, the engine light comes on in your vehicle and, okay, it's just that I need an oil change and, and can I drive another 25 more miles or can I drive another 50 or, you know, oh, sure, I can let it go. But all of a sudden when my vehicle stops and now I'm stranded, you know, that's where I should have got help a little bit earlier and I should have changed the oil. And I think that's important for, you know – for you to think about. And I've never heard it. I, f- I forgot that Adrian said that that's that asset, but that's such a good comparison that you are. You're so important.
1: Well, you climb into your truck, you climb into your tractor, you have that constant reminder, like you said. I mean, it's no different. Every time you get climb in bed or climb out of bed, there should be some form of a reminder to take care of yourself. Yeah.
2: And then, you know, and that's a great analogy, but also I always want to put on to the end of that analogy is you're not the farm. Because so many times we get wrapped up into it that, you know, if I don't do this and I don't make this happen and I don't make that happen, then my farm fails. And that doesn't make you a failure because we discussed there's so many things in agriculture in this world that you cannot control. I mean, we're just a bunch of bouncy balls bouncing around and trying (laughs) to, you know, (laughs) we're trying to head the direction we want to go. But you know, all of a sudden the wall jumps out in front of you and you bounce going in you know complete opposite direction. You have no control over that.
1: That's like a good workshop. Everybody gets a, bit, uh, a bouncy ball at the beginning and then you just toss it and see where it ends up by the time I, the end of the yeah. the session's over or whatever.
0: Well, I think in, in any industry, and especially ours, agriculture, you have to be willing to adapt and change because we are changing so quickly, so rapidly that we don't even know how quick we're changing i mean if you just look how much we've changed in the last 10 years in agriculture and about any other industry it's going to scratch your head to try and how are you going to keep up with this and i think that's you know it's just one thing that we keep being flexible and just willing to take that next step and
1: what are some of the stats Now that i'm like i'm kind of curious as to you know, what are some of the stats in agriculture of, you know, let's just say suicide? I mean, is there a a rate out there that?
0: And as in, you know, is it still increasing, you know, our, you know, our mental health, our suicide? Yeah. What's
3: the trend? So some of the stats that, you know, we have is the ag community is five times more likely to die by suicide than any other population in the United States. And, and that's according to the CDC. And that's a pretty alarming rate, you know,
0: that,
3: um, and when you start to talk about that, I mean, that's, that's above veterans and, you know, I always thought, oh yeah, you know, they've got a lot of things going on and, and we know that suicides are up by over 40% in the last 20 years. And so
1: 40%.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't know whether it's related to, you know, this or that, it, there are things that you know you don't think about those outlets and, and you know taking care of yourself
2: And there you know and if you look at at the demographic of farmers again, you know most farmers are male. most and if you look at, at and I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but you know you know if you if you look at the rate of suicides between males and females, the male suicide is always way higher than female suicide. And it's not, and the, but the amount of attempts, usually there's more attempts on the female side than the male because the males do it with a more lethal way. Okay. And, and, you know, and so, you know, that, I think that adds to the, you know, to the agriculture part of this. Um, but then, you know, there's lots of accidents and farming accidents and stuff. There are stuff that gets classified as accidents or car wrecks or you name it. That it wasn't really an accident or was it Was it suicide? And, you know, I've had people call me and he called me up in the middle of the night and says, I don't want to be here anymore. I said, where, where are you at? What are you doing? And, I, you know, off the top of my head, I don't remember, you know, exact... I, I said you need to stop. I said you need to just let's talk, and you know we talked for twenty minutes, and, and you know finally got him into a place where he felt comfortable. I said I need you to go home. I said I need you, you know, and he'd been through counseling and stuff, but he'd been out of counseling for a while. And I said you know I said you need to go make an appointment in the morning and, and talk to that counselor, and and so that that adds just that much more dynamic to the to the suicide rate because you how do you classify if somebody has a farming accident
0: because you think about it, i mean you think oh i'm i'm a i'm a strong tough guy farmer nothing can hurt me i'm not you know i'm not going to tell anybody anything it's my problem you know and
3: Yeah. And I I think, you know, like I always do that comparison to sometimes I, I do a speech called sometimes the shield's not enough. And I think, you know, Superman could get so many things, you know, until that kryptonite got there. And, and when you get to that point, I think one of the things is if you can even reach out. And I think that, you know, some of the trainings that we talked about, it's just important just as an awareness to say, Hey, I can ask these three questions and, and suicide's, you know, dying by suicide, it's a topic that it's so hard to talk about, but if you save one person's life, it's so worth it. And if, you know, if you reach out and I know in our training, um, that suicide hotline, it's, you can text it, you can call it, um, the phone number and I'll just give it right here is 1-800-273-8255. And, one of the things we did in our training was, hey, put a star beside that and put that at the top of your phone. Because if you're ever in that situation, is that support that you need to reach out and sit there and be that person to sit beside that person to say, hey, let's
1: just call this. Um, Sometimes that time scrolling, trying to find it is that decision time.
3: And I shared in the other episode, you know, that that one person that That was the one thing they had us do. And when I I actually had to call that national suicide hotline and I don't think I could have because when you ask those questions and it's a real situation, you can practice and practice just like, you know, you can practice putting a tourniquet on and practice and practice. But until you get into that real situation, it changes the whole output of what you're doing. And, you know, there's some other nerves and some adrenaline and some things going on that Thank goodness I had that in there. And so I think programming that in your phone, and you never know when you're in that situation. You know, you don't want to say, hey, pause for a minute. I need to look up, you know, the phone number for this, or I don't even know where to go. And and I think it's just a good practice to have in
2: there. I had, uh, I had another friend of mine call me. It was, it was in the middle of the afternoon. And he called me up, you know, and it was it was a guy that I connected with through other other means and, and you know, nobody that I had a, a really, really close relationship with, but somebody that, you know, we had a lot things in common and and he called me up in the middle of the afternoon and, and you know, he was he was started out, he was you know, he was in a decent mood and you know, how the how's things going, da 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 and they started getting real quiet. And I, I you know, I, I could again my QPR training and my mental health first aid training started kicking in again and and I knew something was up and so I started asking those questions and it turns out that his grandson had passed away two years two years before that from cancer. And his grandson is the same age as my boys. And that's that's one of those connections that we share as you know, that age and you know, finally got down to you know where where he he said I just he said I can't be alone right now. He said I'm sitting in my shop by myself. You know, his son. You know, the father of the boy. He he was you know he was out doing his thing. You know, trying to deal with the day and and uh, you know so and I shared with him you know some of those resources and and again you know I, and I told him I said hey I said you know when when you get done with that, I said, you need to, you need to find you a counselor. And he got real quiet and he said, I can't do that. I said, you can and you will. And, and I said, I will come hold your hand if I have to. I said, you live two and a half hours away from my house. I said, I will drive to your house. I will meet you wherever I need to meet you. I said, why can't you, why can't, why do you think that you can't do this? And he said that, he said I had a family member years ago when we had another family emergency come up told me that I can't break down. He said I had to be strong for the family. I was I was that the the linchpin for the family and and I couldn't show weakness. And I told him I I said I don't know who told you that. I said, "But I'm here to tell you you can and you need to get help. You need athlete. To have that, you need to have, I said, because if you don't take care of yourself, how are you supposed to take care of your family? How are you supposed to take care of your farm? How are you supposed to take care of your business? And, you know, today he's still struggling. You know, this this was a couple years ago when he made that phone call to me. (laughs) And he's still struggling today. And, you know, and that's one thing that I have to go back and keep reminding myself is, you know, I can lead the horse to the water but I can't make him drink. Yeah. You know, we have to realize that as mental health advocates, as friends, as neighbors, you know, we can talk, we can listen, we can have empathy, we can do all the right things. But at the end of the day, if something happens, it's not your fault because you have done everything that you possibly can and know to do. And so, you know, and that's that's a hard pill to swallow when you're, you know, you know, like Sarah and I, we're both mental health advocates. We want people to get the resources. We want people to get the help that they need. But also we have to realize that
3: They can't help
2: that's That's the conversation I've been having with him lately is, you know, I'm here to hold your hand as long as you want me to hold your hand. I'm here to listen to you as long as you want to talk. I said, but until you want to fix you, none of it's going to help. None some of, of the stuff,
1: like, people think of, well, this will solve the problem right now. Well, how many other problems does it really actually start or kickstart, I should say? You know, it's the family dealing with it, that loss. And then, okay, now what do we do with this afterwards? And in some cases, some people think the life insurance you get. Oh, in, in some scenarios, you don't get that because... <laughs> There's a reason why you don't get that because you think you're going to hand it to somebody. And uh, it ends up creating more problems than what the initial problem was in the first place. And I agree. You know, while you can't help everyone,
3: if you are one of those people trying to advocate, it's checking in with that person regularly. And if you say – and being legitimate about that time that says, hey, if I'm going to check in at 10 o'clock – I'm calling you at 10 o'clock. I'm not calling you at 10 30 or like you have to be that other support that you have to be consistent with that. And, and I think, you know, as, as you look at everyone supporting that ag industry, whether it's, you know, I think that's where you can reach out and realize, you know, you start to see some of those things, but being able just to check back in and, and, and you're not calling about a loan or you're not calling about fixing equipment or anything. It's just, no. Hey, I'm being that good neighbor that, I'm just going to check in on you.
1: Now being in your role as an educator for a county,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, Nathan's got this personal connection with people that they feel comfortable giving him a call. Have you been in that scenario where somebody has called you saying, Hey, I'm just not feeling right. Yep. Um, I had a lot
3: during COVID. Um, I did a morning coffee shop and, and I would always share my cell phone number. And I was surprised at how many people, not even from my county that, that were starting to reach out and just saying, hey, I just I might need you just to listen. And sometimes I'm like, you know, if that's the preventative that we can say, hey, here are the things, or I'm that non-biased source of information, or here's the pros and the cons of your situation. I heard you say this and, and maybe it's, you know, this. And so helping them to be able to step through that. And I think once people start to know that you're, you know, advocating for that, there's calls more and more. And so it's not like my job is a eight to four thirty type of job. It's, it's, uh, I'm there and I'm available. And, and I think that's, you know, with, with the social media, with everything. I mean, I have just different people reaching out at different times and, um, I think it's just being able to connect with them and just to say, hey, let's let's follow up with you. Let's check in. Let's connect the dots for you.
0: And I think that's a great thing to keep in mind. Is is you know how COVID has affected this? I mean, we've, you know, COVID we thought was going to be a short lived experience. It, it's going, continue, on going on two years, and you know it's it, it's affecting everybody different. But I think that's just adding to that next level of stress. That you know if you were on the verge, maybe. You add that on top. It's okay now. You now you're looking for that relief valve. You're looking for that safety net out there.
2: No, you're very, very true, and that's something I've been saying a lot here lately. You know, we got locked. We're used to you know running and being and being social people, and and we got locked. We got locked in our own four walls and forgot to how to care about anything that's outside those four walls. You know, with COVID and. You know, you, you get the stress of being locked up, which, I mean, some people, you know, myself, I found more solace in my family. And, you know, it made me realize that I need to take those times for the ball games and take those times for those other things. But as you said, you know, COVID, you know, things started opening back up and the uncertainty of where we go. And, and now if you look look at the situation we're in right now with inflation and, and you know, jobs and everything else that's going on, I mean, again, we're back to no we don't care about our neighbors. We don't care about our friends anymore. And we have to learn to have empathy. We have to have learn to to love each other again. And, you know, just driving down the road, you can see just how how mean and, and ugly this COVID has turned people. And I mean, I I'm pretty good at ending podcasts by, you know, whoever I'm I'm podcasting with or whatever, you know. Hey man, I love you. I, you know, board meetings. I've got half the state farm bureau board when I leave farm bureau board, get off the phone with them. Hey man, love you. Let them know that. Yeah. And you, you know, I mean, you laugh, but
1: no, I. it's really funny it's, you say that because like my friends and I, we say yeah. it too. And actually, one of my friend's daughters was like, Do you really, like, you could hear her in the background, like, Do you really love her? Like, what? And it's like, no, I love her because she's like one of she's part of our people. She's part
2: yeah. of our group. And I'm like hey, that's –
3: there. It. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a way to say I, I care about you and and I genuinely yeah. care. Well, you know,
0: it's even some little things like I'll notice, uh, Driving drive around our our community on the back roads. I'll pass a neighbor and always wave to him in the pickup. He didn't wave back. Why? He's always waving what what What's he? You he know, first thing, yeah, like, okay, is, yeah. What I do is he ticked <laughs> off me. I put some mud in front of his driveway or something. But you know, that maybe that's a sign where he's just, just not himself. Or
3: mm-hmm. we haven't had that connection. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Yeah. And that's what we need to we need to to make time to go visit with people. I you know I know everybody's concerned with COVID and this variant, and that variant. But man, it, make make time for people. Because the number one asset you have around you is the people around you.
0: That's it's kind of funny. Even our, our small community church, even little things where you know, it's the older ladies, they'll still send out uh, birthday cards and Christmas cards to all the congregation. I think it, you know it's it, it's even made something some as simple as that, where you know people people are thinking of you. You know, it's just something little like that.
2: You let somebody know that they matter. Right. That. If they're having a bad day, just, just that one little glimmer of hope can turn everything around.
1: I've actually started writing like getting a card and like hey, what's going on? Like even just initiating mm-hmm. a conversation and putting it in the mail. Because sometimes you know, maybe that's your only hey, I'm thinking of you. But yeah. I haven't had, I mean, yes, we all carry these little computers around in our hands all day long every day. But sometimes you don't, I mean, I'm have to write a list of who I need to call back on a daily basis. <laughs> so right. to remember to call somebody out of the blue, I mean, it's it gets harder and harder. So
0: it I does. have made
1: that point to start sending like a thinking of you and pop, popping it in the mail. And
0: I'll be expecting my hey, card in the mail next week. So
1: to yeah. <laughs> write that in the calendar to to do it now. So but, but. It does
2: but if if you make a part of your you know part of your weekly routine of sitting you know take 20 minutes on a Friday morning and call somebody or, you know, I've done, I've done many things over the years, you know, send, you know, 10 text messages or, you know, I've paste the same
1: one even you mean it the same. Hey,
3: no,
2: I've, I've got videos that I, I would there for a while. I was recording a video every Friday morning and I would record one, one video And say, you know, I'm thinking about you. I know things are stuff, you know, whatever I, whatever was laid on my heart that morning. You did online
1: even for a period of time. I did. Yep.
2: For, you know, for, you know, and I wouldn't make it over, you know, a minute long. And then I would text it to 10 random people out of my phone. And just that little thing and the responses I got back from people just, I mean, it would make you tear up some of the the responses you would get from that. Because, I mean, just those little things, you don't realize how much that means to somebody until you do it. And if, you know, like I say, if you can figure out and make a routine and it doesn't take, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to record 10 different messages for 10 different people, but make it.
1: It changes somebody else's state of mind for a period of time. So even if they're in that mode of, that things aren't going right. Yeah. I'm all over this. I want to be done. And they randomly get a message like that. It's like that's a sign of, you know, I don't say we believe in signs or anything, but that's a sign of uh, you, they, things will be better. Or I think you know, that kind of lets
0: everyone know, you know it's one life. We're all in this together. You go back to you know, you, you tell tell somebody you love them. I mean it. Well, it, it, it it's it is even for <laughs> for a guy. I mean I'm I'm one that does not show his emotions very much at all. And you can ask my wife and kids that, but it's, you know, it's something I don't tell people enough and I really should.
1: Well, yeah, we, I just had that conversation actually this past week. We were talking about how many times have you seen your father cry?
0: I can count four <laughs> that like, we you know think of. Like, You're not supposed
1: to see your dad. He cried. You know?
0: Two of them but, you know. involved Dale Earnhardt. So, <laughs> 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 I think I, 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 yeah, I can test with him there. Oh, wow.
1: so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been great information, and feel free to reach out to any of us um, with anything, the questions, anything. Don't, just, don't hesitate. Just feel free to reach out to us. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit It. Want to talk ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at agcredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net. And be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time.